Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast. At Basana Health, we focus on whole body wellness, connecting physical, spiritual, and mental well-being. We are wellness collaborators with our members, and we embrace our community partnerships. Basana Health promotes holistic and functional care while focusing on transformative lifestyle changes. Welcome to our podcast, where you can take a virtual step towards optimizing your own health and wellness. Welcome everyone to our virtual wellness session. Today we are going to be talking about healthy gut and healthy brain. Who is this webinar for? This webinar is for anyone that is looking to increase their vitality, decrease their overall illness, improve energy, enhance mental clarity, improve digestion, and enhance overall health. In the next 45 minutes, we're going to talk about key strategies to help boost the health of your gut and your brain. My promise to you, by the end of this webinar, you'll have some key strategies and techniques to implement today that you can help you live with a healthy gut and a healthy brain. So that strategies and techniques that we talk about today will help you have a healthier gut and a healthier brain. For those that haven't jumped on before, just a quick uh, letting you know about our Basana Health and Wellness. We are a large group of women all working together. We have a number of options that we offer at our clinic. We focus on health and wellness. From the functional medicine side, I'm the functional medicine practitioner. We also have uh, two ladies that cover health and hormones. They do bioidentical health and hormone replacement. We also have folks that focus on aesthetics. So they work on the outside beauty while the others of us work on the inside beauty. Just a little information about functional medicine. Functional medicine is centered on discovering all of the underlying imbalances of your health. And we work to find the imbalances that you have and to get your body back in balance for optimal health and wellness. And functional medicine, we work to under to discover the underlying causes of the disease. And it's a systematic approach where we work together to come up with plans on how to reach your optimal wellness. With functional medicine, we believe in mind-body wellness because the mind and the body need to be integrated for optimal wellness. So optimal health requires that the mind, physical body, and spirit all be in balance. With functional medicine, we focus on lifestyle medicine. We work to ensure that you're having proper sleep and rest, that you have healthy nutrition and adequate hydration. We look at your exercise and movement. We want to make sure that you have good stress transformation and restoration. And we want to make sure that you have strong social connections and good relationships. Does this sound like you? After eating, you have gas, bloating, or belching. Maybe you alternate between constipation and diarrhea. You find throughout the day that you have extreme fatigue, low vitality. Maybe you have some brain fog. You might find that you're more forgetful or confused. Oftentimes, this is connected to your gut. And so that's partially why we're going to talk about today how your gut and your brain are connected. 
Hippocrates had a quote where he believed that all diseases begin in the gut. With functional medicine, we have a very strong focus on the gut because we believe that everything is interconnected. So why should we focus on the gut-brain connection? The gut and the brain have many connections with each other. The two together have millions of nerves that actually affect each other. So when something happens in your gut, it impacts your brain. And when something happens in your brain, it impacts your gut. The gut actually produces most of the body's neurotransmitters. These help to regulate mood, stress, and anxiety. Your gut also houses two thirds of the body's immune system. So to have a healthy immune system, it's key to have a healthy gut. And a healthy gut communicates with the brain and it helps us to have overall health and general well-being. Have you ever heard yourself saying that you had a gut feeling about something? If you walk into the room, you've just felt something odd in your gut, or maybe before a presentation, you felt butterflies in your stomach, or perhaps you had an encounter where you were having a disagreement with, with somebody and felt a little bit of anger, and maybe you felt a fire rising in your belly, or a nerve-wracking experience where you said, that was a gut-wrenching experience that I had. Or maybe you're so worried or stressed that all of a sudden you feel nauseated. These are different ways of showing us that our brain and our gut are interrelated. When we have a connection between the gut and the brain, we actually call it a gut-brain axis. And the two go back and forth with each other. The gut has the ability to influence our intestinal microbiota. So the brain can actually influence the different bacteria that's in our gut. And our gut in return also has the ability to impact our brain and our behaviors. With the brain influencing the gut, it has influence on motility. So it actually impacts how fast things are moving through our digestive system. It helps us to have a nutrient balance. And like I mentioned, the brain can impact the type of bacteria that's in the gut. Then likewise, the gut impacting the brain, it has influence on the neurotransmitters that are produced in the body. It impacts our stress and anxiety, and it can even impact our mood and behavior. When we talk about the neurotransmitters in the brain, oftentimes people think that they're only made in the brain. And recent studies have actually shown that more neurotransmitters are being produced in the gut than even in the brain. For example, one of the neurotransmitters that many people are familiar with is the transmitter serotonin. And 90% of serotonin is actually made in the gut. And serotonin is one of the neurotransmitters that's responsible for mood stabilization. It helps us to have feelings of well being and happiness. Serotonin helps aid in having beneficial sleep, and it even aids in our digestion. Another neurotransmitter that's made in the gut and the brain is GABA. 
And GABA is involved in relaxation, pain relief, stress and anxiety reduction, and even improved sleep. Another neurotransmitter that people might be familiar with is the neurotransmitter dopamine. And recent studies have shown that dopamine, 50% of dopamine is made in the gut. Half of it's made in the brain and half of it's made in the gut. And dopamine is one of the neurotransmitters that's involved in reward, motivation, memory, attention, and mood. And then another neurotransmitter that many people are familiar with <clears throat> is melatonin. And recent discoveries have found that 400 times more melatonin is made in the gut than in the brain. And melatonin helps us with sleep. It also helps control immune re reactions. It regulates our GI motility and it helps modulate inflammation. So as we start looking more into this gut-brain connection, it's interesting to see how things that once were thought to be only developed or produced in the brain are also produced in the gut. So when we have a healthier gut, we then have a healthier brain and a healthier gut that's producing these necessary neurotransmitters for the brain helps us with so many things, sleep, aid, it helps us with mood, relaxation, stress relief, and all the things that we just talked about. Many people are even calling the gut now the second brain. Our original brain is the first brain, but many people are calling the gut the second brain. And the reason why they're calling it that is because all of these interactions that are now being discovered, where the two are so interconnected, that people feel that the gut is so important to the body's overall health and wellness that they're calling it the second brain. And within this whole system, the picture that's off to the right here is showing you the full digestive system. So all of this is what is called the enteric nervous system. So from our mouth, the salivary glands, through our stomach, into our intestines, and then out our bottom is all the enteric nervous system. And the enteric nervous system works along the body, along with the central nervous system, the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, and they're all interconnected. The biggest way that the brain and the gut are connected is by what we call the vagus nerve. And within our brain, we have multiple cranial nerves. And the vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve. And it's actually the largest nerve, the largest cranial nerve in the body. And the vagus nerve goes from the brain all the way throughout the body. And it's what we call it innervates or it connects to multiple places along the body. It's been called the most complex cranial nerve. And that's because of the many features and the many things that the vagus nerve does in the body. The vagus nerve helps to affect our mood and our memory. It slows our heart rate. The vagus nerve helps our lungs to breathe. It helps promote healthy digestion for the body. It connects everything and tells the body if you're hungry or if you're full. It connects with the intestines and actually communicates with the bacteria and is connected with the brain. The vagus nerve helps to activate inflammatory responses. 
And it also innervates and is connected with the liver, the pancreas, the gallbladder, the kidneys, and the spleen. So you can tell that the vagus nerve has many important features of the body, but it's one of the key roadways or key pathways that connects our intestines and our gut with our brain. 20% of the vagus nerve fibers will go from the brain to the stomach. And these signals tell the stomach to increase gastric acid secretion. It helps to tell it to have digestive enzyme secretion. It helps regulate our blood sugar. So that vagus nerve connection from the brain to the stomach really helps with digestion and aids in that first process of our gut brain connection. On the reverse end, 80% of the vagus nerve goes from the stomach back up to the brain. And that's where these signals help tell the brain that we're hungry or that we're full. And then it also works with increasing our energy metabolism. When we talk about the vagus nerve, one of the things that we talk about is rest and digest. When we have a healthy vagus nerve, our body helps to feel more calm and relaxed, and it helps to work with the body resting and digesting. The vagus nerve helps the stomach to regulate the breakdown of foods. It allows for food to come into the stomach because we realize that we're hungry, so more food can come there. Or it tells the stomach, hey, we don't need any more food, we're full. It helps to slow gastric emptying. And that means that what it's doing is it's helping the food to stay in the stomach longer. That way it's able to be digested and that way it can move through the body in a more, uh, in a more processed fashion. It coordinates the motility of the intestines so that vagus nerve helps the intestines to do their jobs properly where they're absorbing and passing things through the body. And then the vagus nerve also helps to decrease inflammation throughout the body and it decreases intestinal permeability. And we'll talk about a little bit more about intestinal permeability in just a minute here. Because the vagus nerve is so important, there's things that we try to incorporate with our patients to help them improve their overall health and wellness. And these are, you know, fairly easy things that you can do to help stimulate your vagus nerve in a healthy way to get that gut brain connection working at its optimal. It's almost like if you've had a big snowstorm and you've got a big pile of snow, and now you're going to have people come through and clear out the snow that's piled up so that you have a clear, smooth pathway for the cars to move on the highway. The vagus nerve, when it's working well, just keeps that connection between the, the gut and the brain at optimal working capacity. So some of the things that you can do to enhance your vagus nerve connections can be something as simple as singing. My mother will like this as she's a professional singer and teaches singing, but singing actually is a natural way to stimulate that vagus nerve. If you aren't somebody that likes to do voice lessons, even singing in the car, driving home from work can be a way to stimulate your vagus nerve. Some people will do chanting with meditation and even humming along with a song will stimulate that vagus nerve. 
It's been found that gargling vigorously will stimulate the vagus nerve. And they say vigorously because they don't want it to be just a simple, quiet little gargle. They want you to have something in your mouth like mouthwash or water, preferably water so that you're not choking and swallowing the mouthwash, but take a glass of water after brushing your teeth and gargle vigorously to the point that you're almost spitting little bits of water out of your mouth. Obviously you're going to do this in your bathroom by yourself where nobody's going to make fun of you, but gargling vigorously is a way to naturally stimulate your vagus nerve and just enhance that gut brain connection. And there's even been recent studies that have shown people that are on a path with Parkinson's that by doing this deep, vigorous gargling and stimulating the vagus nerve, they're showing improvements in their Parkinson type symptoms. So it's a great thing to um, check out for these type of patients. Other ways to enhance your vagus nerve connections include deep breathing exercises. They've shown that yoga, tai chi, qigong, and meditation all help to relax the body and stimulate that vagus nerve connection. Laughter is a great way to do that, similar to the singing, chanting, and humming. And they've even shown that massage and exercise help to stimulate that vagus nerve connection. So why is a healthy gut so important? Why do we talk a lot about a healthy gut and the importance on optimal wellness? Especially in functional medicine, we really um, focus in on that because we've seen how the connections throughout the body happen when somebody has an unhealthy gut or when somebody has a healthy gut. When you have a healthy gut, you will have obviously less digestive issues but you'll also have less fatigue. You'll have more energy. You'll have fewer mood swings. Your weight has been shown to stabilize when you have a healthy gut, fewer allergies, people that have a lot of sinus drainage or sinus congestion. When they have a healthier gut, they actually will have less sinus congestion and sinus drainage. It's been shown to have improved skin. Oftentimes people, if they have eczema or a psoriasis outbreak, if we take a look at their digestive system and how their gut is doing and how they're absorbing everything, when their gut is healthier, they will have fewer episodes of eczema and psoriasis. So there's been lots of studies that show improvements in skin and hair with a healthier gut. We've seen a lot of improvements with aches and pains. There's been a lot of studies that show connections with rheumatoid arthritis, joint pain, even folks that have knee pain, elbow pain, even low back pain. There's been studies that have shown connections of improving your health of your gut will decrease the inflammation and aches and pains that you have in your joints. There's an improved immunity. If you recall back to a couple of slides ago where the gut houses two thirds of the immune system, the healthier your gut is, the better your immune system will be. As your health of your gut improves, it just allows the whole body to be healthier overall and your immunity is better. And then long-term, there's fewer chronic illnesses. 
Many of the chronic illnesses have been tied back to poor digestive health. For example, with Parkinson's, a number of recent studies have shown that years before people with Parkinson's show symptoms, they've had a history of constipation and poor digestive issues. And so now a lot of the treatments are focusing in on improving gut health and improving digestion and intestinal motility to improve the health of cognitive conditions. Also with Alzheimer's and dementia, they've done a number of recent studies and programs where they've looked at the digestive health of those that currently have Alzheimer's and dementia, and then they've looked at those that may be more genetically predisposed to it. And by enhancing the digestive health of these folks, they've actually seen a decline in the expression of the dementia and Alzheimer's. So having a healthy gut is really healthy, or I'm sorry, is really important for having a healthy brain and an overall optimal wellness of the body. Let's talk a little bit about the gut and go a little bit deeper and a little more microscopic. When you think about the whole digestive system, it starts in the mouth and then goes all the way through to the bottom. The key part of digestion or the biggest part of digestion is the intestines as we have fields and fields of intestines here where lots of things can happen. If you look in the bottom left corner, it's showing you a picture that's a description of what an intestinal lumen looks like. So it's showing you, it almost looks like a hose. So if you picture a hose, that's somewhat what your intestine will look like. And then within the lining of that intestine, so if you're looking into the tube of a hose, you can picture that in the intestine, it has a number of intestinal lining and these villi, so they're little out pouchings that come up and down, almost like grass sticking up. So if you can picture little grass fibers sticking up all along the inside of that lining of a hose, you'll see how the intestinal lining is looking. So the intestinal lining is made up of multiple villi that line up side by side. And as it gets smaller and smaller, it goes down into the microscopic epithelial cells. And that's what that small picture is off to the right. But just keep in mind the picture that's showing you the folds of the intestinal lining and how it's got those little grass-like fibers that are sticking out on the inside as we move into a couple more slides here. This is showing you the picture of a healthy intestinal lining or a healthy gut. As you see on the bottom, those little fibers that are sticking up, almost like you're looking at the grass lined up there all side by side, and they have what's called healthy cell junctions. So as you see, there's no space in between those lines, almost like a picket fence lined up side by side where they're touching and very little space in between them. And when you have a healthy gut, you're going to have those healthy junctions or those healthy connections where they're not allowing foreign particles to come out. If we look at this next slide here, it's showing you what's called a leaky gut or an unhealthy gut. And leaky gut 
is a pretty popular term that's being used right now, as there's been a number of recent studies that have shown connections with leaky gut, and also another term that's used is intestinal permeability. And it's almost where they're saying, you know, there's a number of chronic illnesses, there's a number of health conditions that are occurring because of leaky gut or because of intestinal permeability. So we're going to dive down just a little bit deeper into that concept so you can kind of understand what they're talking about and what's happening with your intestines, your gut, and your body, and why a leaky gut or why intestinal permeability is adding into some of these conditions like fatigue or confusion, the digestive issues, chronic illnesses. And we'll just dive a little bit deeper into that here in the next slide. Off to the left is showing you again, a normal tight junction of those intestinal villi. So those little protruding fibers that come up in the intestine. And in a normal tight junction, they're not going to allow food particles or pathogens like bacteria or fungi to get into the bloodstream. If you look off to the right, it's showing you again a, a, a picture of what leaky gut or intestinal permeability would look like. As you can tell by the picture on the right, there's bigger gaps between those junctions. So now there's no longer tight junction. So the fence posts are no longer being side by side. They now have gaps in it. And because there's inflammation in the body, they're going to have bigger gaps in those junctions. And we'll talk in a minute what causes that inflammation or the bigger junction gaps. But as you can see off to the right, when you have more intestinal permeability or when you have more leakage in your gut, because there's no longer tight junctions be between those villi or those intestinal fibers, it allows for particles that normally would not get through to now get through into the bloodstream. So if you look at that, it's a kind of a dark blue colored circle, they're identifying that as a food allergen. So the reason why they're identifying that is one of the things that causes inflammation in the body is your body becomes sensitive to certain food. Many people are familiar with gluten sensitivity where people, when they eat wheat or anything that has gluten in it, they have worsening abdominal pain. They might have more intestinal bloating. They might find that their joints ache more. They often will find that they have rashes or their eczema or psoriasis worsens. And the reason why that happens is with the inflammation, the gaps between those intestinal villi open, and now those food particles are getting into the bloodstream. Normally you would not have this. And so the body then recognizes it as something that it needs to fight against. So it's now in the body as a foreign substance. So the body starts to produce antibodies against it. So in other words, the body says, wait a minute, 
I have a foreign substance that's now in my body that shouldn't be here. So I need to fight against it. And in fighting against it, it starts having that increased inflammation in the body. And all of these other things start to occur where we see the, the manifestation in the different symptoms in the body. We start feeling more tired. We have more confusion. We have more digestive issues. And these are one of the reasons why that occurs. And food allergens are just one of the things that can cause that, but it's often a key player in that. Another thing that you can see there is pathogens, and that is represented by that greenish circle there. And pathogens include viruses, bacteria, protozoa, maybe even a parasite if you eat something bad. And normally the body would fight against that. Like we talked about, the intestines hold two thirds of the immune system. So when you have normal, healthy guts, with those tight junctions between those villi, where the fence posts are just lined up appropriately, nothing's going to get by. So the body is able to fight against those pathogens and allergens, and they stay within the intestines, and then they get dropped off in the toilet. But when the uh, in inflammation is higher in the body, and when those junctions between the fence posts are wider, it's now allowing those particles, those food allergens, those bacteria, viruses to get into the bloodstream. And now the body has to work harder to fight against those foreign particles. That's just one of the connections of the gut and the body. And I know there's lots of detail there and we obviously could go into great detail about that but it is a very popular topic right now. And there's lots of study and lots of research on it of the leaky gut and intestinal permeability and all of the side effects that go along with that. So if that's something that you wanted to research further, just Google that leaky gut or intestinal permeability, and you'll be amazed at all that comes up with it. This is just a review of what we were talking about in the last slide. What are some of the things that cause leaky gut? And some of the things that cause leaky gut, like we talked about, are viruses, bacteria, fungi, protozoa. If you have food allergies or food sensitivities and your body is now reacting against those little particles that are getting out. Some of the other things that cause leaky gut are different medications. There's a, um, a number of new studies that have shown that high uses of NSAIDs, which are non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, such as ibuprofen or Advil. There's actually been studies that show that people that take a lot of NSAIDs, they have more leaky gut. There has been studies that shown if your body has decreased pancreatic enzymes or you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid, which is the digestive acid that helps you digest and break down foods, that you will have a higher leaky gut. Because if you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid or you don't have enough pancreatic enzymes, you're not gonna be breaking down the foods properly. And then once it hits your intestine, then it's not going to be able to absorb the nutrients and the micronutrients appropriately. Another thing that causes leaky gut is stress. 
And chronic stress has been shown to increase inflammation in the body and increases leaky gut. And even when people experience trauma or have post-traumatic stress disorder, that it also has shown to increase leaky gut. The number one thing that increases leaky gut though, is our diet. What we are eating is impacting our gut and the health of our gut is then impacting the health of our brain. It has been shown that diet has the most powerful influences on our gut microbial communities. So in other words, what we are eating is, in, is impacting what's happening in our gut. Oftentimes the American diet right now is called a sad diet, and that's the standard American diet. And the reason why they call it a sad diet is that the many people within um, the U.S. and other places are just having a diet that is not healthy enough to impact the health of our gut and our overall health and wellness. And they've shown that 75% of the food in the standard Western diet has limited or no benefit to the health of our gut. The reason why they call it a sad diet or the standard American diet is because it's nutritionally deficient. It's low in fruits and vegetables. It's low in legumes and whole grains. We eat a lot of high processed meats. We drink a lot of high sugar sweetened drinks. Our diet is low in fiber. It's often high in trans fats, which is found in fast foods or processed foods. And it's often very high in sodium. We'll talk a little bit more about nutrition, but having a nutritionally deficient and sad diet is one of the biggest impacts on an unhealthy gut. Let's dive a little bit more into that gut brain connection. We've given you a little bit of background on the health of your intestines and the health of your gut and why that's so important. And let's dive into how the gut and brain are connected. Another thing that's really popular right now is there's been a number of studies that they're showing that the leaky gut is causing a leaky brain. And in the brain, we have a blood brain barrier, just as in the gut, we have those intestinal villi that are lined up protecting the lining of the gut. When we have a leaky gut and these foreign particles are getting into our blood system and going throughout the body, it's been shown that that is then impacting the health of the brain. Just like we talked about that vagus nerve connection where the brain and the intestines and the gut talk to each other. When we have a leaky gut, we have a leaky brain. And what does a leaky brain look like? That's where people start talking about the brain type symptoms that they're having. And we call this a leaky brain or brain inflammation. And people are start having, you know, the following type symptoms. They might complain of poor memory. They're having a hard time concentrating. Maybe they're suffering from headaches or migraines on a regular basis. A lot of people complain of low energy, chronic fatigue, just having no strength or energy to move about through the day. Oftentimes people complain about impaired cognition or poor memory where they're having difficulty concentrating 
or maybe they're not remembering key things that before seemed very simple. A lot of people complain about depression or anxiety. And there's even been a number of studies recently that show that this gut-brain connection even has been an impact on mood disorders. A number of studies have shown a connection with schizophrenia, depression, and other uh, mood disorders where when they improved diet and improved different medications and other things that impacted the gut and brain connection, like we talked about stress, when they did improvements with that, they did see improvements in these mood disorders. So a leaky gut has been found to be connected to a leaky brain. Looking a little bit more at this, and the reason why there's a fire in the middle with inflammation is that a number of connections have been shown that these leaky gut and leaky brain cause inflammation in the body. As we talked about with those widening intestinal junctions where foreign particles are now getting into the bloodstream, it's been shown that increased foreign particles in the body causes increased inflammation in the body. It's a natural response of the body for a foreign substance to send out inflammation. For example, if you cut yourself on your, say you were cutting up vegetables and you cut your finger, the body sees that as a traumatic response. And part of the repairing process is to start inflammation. It brings the particles of the body, such as your white blood cells into that area to start repairing and healing the area. And that's a type of inflammation. So as the body has this leaky gut, leaky brain, and all these things that are happening, inflammation occurs in the body. And I know this is a very busy depiction, but what it's just showing you is that the gut and the brain are connected. And on many levels, it's causing these different systems or issues in the body. For example, acne or rosacea for the skin. It's having allergies increased. It's having increase in depression or anxiety. Perhaps it's having metabolic syndrome where you're starting to gain weight. And even though you're exercising and doing all the things right, you're not losing weight. You're having sleep disruption. It's causing an increase in gut dysbiosis, which is another popular term right now where you're maybe alternating between constipation, diarrhea, and other things like irritable bowel syndrome, but basically it's just saying all of these are interconnected. And if we can work on that centerpiece, if we can decrease that fire, if we can use things and do things to put out that fire, then we can help in the reverse order to dampen or decrease all of these things that are happening. So what are some of the ways that we can put out the fire or decrease the inflammation that's occurring in the body? Some of the ways that we can do this, or we, the way that we can decrease this inflammation, decrease this fire, or another way of saying it is how we can enhance that gut brain health is a clean, healthy diet. Like we talked about, one of the key things that is impacting the uh, gut brain connection is diet. So by having a clean, healthy diet can improve that gut brain health. 
Another way to improve that is stress reduction. So deep breathing exercises, meditation, yoga, Tai Chi, practicing gratitude daily, such as writing in a gratitude journal or expressing thanks to somebody daily. Another way to enhance that gut brain health is improving your sleep quality. We talked about all the different neurotransmitters that were made in the gut back at the beginning. So that serotonin, the melatonin, the dopamine, the GABA, when we get good sleep, we enhance everything in the body, including that production of those neurotransmitters. So proper sleep and good quality sleep helps boost the overall health and mood of our whole body. They've shown that increasing exercise and movement has a way of increasing gut brain health. And even just getting up and walking, even for five, 10, 15 minutes a day can help increase that gut brain health. Like we talked about though, the number one tip to enhance your gut brain health is food. And we like to say that food is medicine. Good food is medicine for the body and clean, healthy, whole foods are great for the body. When we talk about healthy foods, we want to look at lots and lots of vegetables, all of a variety of color. Vegetables and fruits have been shown to have amazing impacts on the body. Clean and whole foods are great for the body. So the less processed foods, the less fast food you eat, the better and healthier your body will be, and the greater the health of your gut and brain will be. Adequate hydration is very important for the body, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in just a second, but having adequate hydration through the body just keeps everything moving the way it should be. So if your intestines are moving, if you're having regular bowel movements, that will just help the overall health of your body. You won't have constipation and you won't get back above toxins. And it just helps everything flush out the way that it should be working for the body. As we were talking, it starts at the top and goes to the bottom. So eating healthy foods is the best choice that you can do. One of the things that we like to talk about though is chewing your food. Part of having a healthy digestive system starts with the mouth and a healthy digestive system impacts the health of your intestines, which then of course impacts the optimal health of your body and your brain. When you start by eating healthy foods and choosing the right foods, you wanna then chew your foods thoroughly. They've even said that one bite should be chewed for 30 seconds or 30 chews, which seems like a lot. And I've tried it. It is a lot. And it's hard to get the body and mind to slow down and chew your food. But chewing your food for an appropriate amount of time allows the digestive enzymes to kick up and start working better and more efficiently. And it starts in the mouth and then works its way down. So that's one tip that you can do <clears throat> to help the overall health is as you're eating, make sure that you are adequately chewing your food. I have hydration here twice on purpose because it's very important. You want hydration to help you from the top and you want hydration to help you from the bottom. We really emphasize high fiber foods 
if you're getting enough fruits and vegetables, a variety of color and a variety of different types, you will increase the amount of fiber that you're intaking. And you wanna make sure that you're getting great fiber. For example, an apple, if you eat the skin of the apple as well as the inside of the apple, you're gonna increase the amount of fiber that your body's getting. And the reason why fiber is so important for the body is it helps with digestion and it just helps you to have more regular bowel movements. It allows for food to move through the body appropriately. The intestines will then absorb the nutrients appropriately and it allows everything to pass as it should. Many people don't like talking about bowel movements until you get up into the older years, then it becomes a key topic, but we do like to ask about your bowel movements. And one of the instructors that I like to follow, she says she always asks her patients, are you pooping rocks, logs, snakes, pudding, or coffee? And it's just a visual like that she likes to provide to her patients. And she tells everybody, you don't want to be pooping rocks or logs. You want to be having snakes. So if you are eating enough fiber and getting enough water, you will have more regular bowel movements and you will be getting those snakes passing on through. One of the things that is often talked about to improve the health of your intestines is probiotics. And probiotics have been shown to help heal a leaky gut. And there's a number of combinations of probiotics out in the market. And you want to just make sure that you're getting a reputable brand that has great shelf life and that you are still getting all of the beneficial bacteria, or I'm sorry, all of the beneficial probiotics by the end of their expiration date. But probiotics help heal the gut and are a great way to improve the health of your gut. Another thing that we talk about is prebiotics. So there's probiotics and prebiotics. Prebiotics help to feed the healthy bacteria in your intestines. And when you're getting a lot of prebiotics, that just works in combinations with the probiotics and helps the health of your gut. And there's a number of foods that are known as prebiotic foods, such as onions or garlics, bananas, different fruits, soybeans, honey, green tea. Often people will eat yogurt, cottage cheese, or kefir. These are all great prebiotic foods. So prebiotics, in addition to probiotics, help the health of your gut. Another quick mention about food is brain healthy foods. And there are lots of foods that are great for your brain because as you're improving the health of your intestines, you also want to be making sure that you are being key in on the health of your brain. And some of the great brain healthy foods include blueberries, fatty fish like salmon, sardines, or trout. Turmeric as a spice is a great addition for the brain. Broccoli, you just can't get enough broccoli. It has so many great benefits for the body. Pumpkin seeds, dark chocolate, coffee, nuts like almonds or walnuts, and green tea are all great brain foods. We'll just touch on a few things as we don't have much time left, but I just want to remind you that other things that you can do to help improve the health of your gut and the health of your brain include stress transformation and restoration. There's lots of great stress transformation techniques out there, breathing exercises, 
meditation, yoga, tapping techniques, like we talked about in our last webinar, but in anything that brings you rest and relaxation and a way to decompress and helps the body to shift and get that vagus nerve connection enhanced to where you are just improving that gut brain connection. So find some way each day to do some stress transformation and restoration. With stress transformation, we talk about recharging your spirit. When you find things that bring you meaning and purpose, that bring you joy and love each day, it's a way for your body to reset and recharge. We talked about getting a great night's sleep. Sleep is so key and so important for the body. And it's also important for that gut brain connection. You'll have a healthier gut and a healthier brain, the better sleep that you get. Lots of great tips out there for how to improve your sleep, such as keeping your room cool, keeping your room dark, avoiding caffeine within eight hours of sleeping, avoiding blue lights or laptops, phones or tablets, getting great exercise, and then making sure that you have a sleep schedule, such as getting to bed each night by nine o'clock. We've shown that wellness with, I'm sorry, we've shown that movement improves wellness. And even by moving daily, you're gonna enhance the health of your gut and your brain. And movement improves circulation. It stimulates lymphatic drainage. It helps to balance those key brain neurotransmitters that we talked about. Exercise and movement helps to reduce stress and tension in the body. It's been shown to enhance mood and happiness and it enhances mental clarity and memory. <clears throat> and even just getting up and walking for 15 minutes a day, like we talked about, is enough movement to get that body moving and enhancing the health of your gut and brain. Just a reminder, at Basana, we like to say that it is never too early or too late to work towards being the healthiest you. So no matter where you are in your journey, there's things that you can do today to help enhance the health of your gut and enhance the health of your brain. What are three small, simple steps that you can start today? We like to say, small, simple steps, because if you can take a small, simple, a small, simple step each day, then you will work towards having your optimal health and wellness. So what is a small step that you can start today? Can you increase your hydration? Maybe you can increase some fiber rich foods. Can you enhance the amount of clean, healthy, and whole foods that you're eating? Are you currently taking a probiotic or is that something that maybe you could look into? What about those prebiotic foods? Can you start incorporating some of those prebiotic foods or some of those brain healthy foods? What can you do today to work towards stress reduction? And how can you help get a better night's sleep? Is there small steps that you can take today to increase your exercise and movement? And if nothing else, maybe you can work today to start enhancing that vagus nerve connection. Can you sing, hum, laugh, or maybe you can even vigorously gargle tonight when you brush your teeth? Small steps each day working towards your optimal health and wellness.
Our next webinar will be, I think about three weeks from now, four weeks from now will be Thanksgiving, at least in the US. But our next webinar will be Thursday, November 19th at noon, same time, Mountain Standard Time. And Susan Eichhorst with Basan Health and Wellness, she's one of our physician assistants that specializes in the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Susan is going to do the webinar and she's going to talk about understanding your thyroid and small steps that you can take to improve the health of your thyroid. So be sure to join in for that next webinar on November 19th and understanding your thyroid. As always, we would love for you to connect with us or reach out. We are at basanawellness.com. If you're in the Colorado area, we'd love for you to call and set up an appointment with us. 303-327-7300. I thank all of you for joining in on the webinar today. And I hope that you learned a little bit about how to improve the health of your gut so that you can also have a healthy brain and small steps we can take each day to enhance our wellness. Thanks everybody for joining in and I look forward to seeing you at our next webinar. The Sun Health and Wellness Podcast is brought to you by Atagi Plastic Surgery and Atagi Skin Aesthetics. Check us out at atagimd.com. A-T-A-G-I-M-D.com. We offer plastic surgery, skin aesthetics, non-surgical treatments, and hormone therapy. Some of the many things we offer include Botox, dermal fillers, Exilis skin tightening, Kybella, skin aesthetics, all therapy, vanquish fat reduction, PRP hair restoration, PRP breast lift, and hormone health. Follow us on our website at atagimd.com to learn about all of our specials and events each month. Some of our specials include monthly discounts off products and services or wrinkle-free Wednesdays. Check us out at atagimd.com.